Hi there. And thank you so much for tuning in this week to the Dream to Destination podcast. I'm thrilled to be chatting with you today as I am recording what is officially going to be my 36th episode. And uh, I saw something the other day that says most podcasts don't pass 10 episodes, like 90% of podcasts don't pass 10 episodes. So I got super, uh, I got a super like motivational burst uh, reading that like I made it. Um, But yeah, this is, um, you know, this is like my passion project sort of extension of um, my, my travel blog, which is Travel Mexico Solo, which is all about solo traveling in Mexico and solo travel in general and Mexico travel in general. And um, I realized that I have so much more Mexico content than solo travel content because really like the Mexico stuff is easy. I mean, Mexico is gorgeous and fun and beautiful and tropical and warm most of the time and welcoming and inviting and there's tacos here Um, and all of the things of why anyone wants to travel to Mexico. I've been to half the states in the country, so I, I know the country pretty well. So the Mexico content was you know, coming pretty easily. And I realized that there was a serious lack in like solo travel content. And that's really like where my passion lies because I think I reached like a, a new level of personal growth and empowerment through solo travel. And I'm lucky that I came to Mexico and fell in love with Mexico. But I think it was really the solo travel that that kind of elevated um, my, how I felt about myself, my place in the world, um, my look, my outlook on life, etc. It was from the solo travel, not from the place necessarily. Although I do live in Mexico and I, I live and die for Mexico. I absolutely love this country. So I want to, um, I'm going to be more intentional with my blogging about making more content for solo female travelers. Um, so this episode is, is, kind of all about that. It's sort of like um, I've been doing a lot of blogs based off of, I mean, excuse me, I've been doing a lot of podcasts based off of blogs that I've written and kind of just as a way to digitize them and be able to expand on them because you can talk for a lot longer than you can write a blog. You know, there's only people's attention spans are a little bit different for reading an entire blog versus listening to a podcast. So this is kind of the first one where I'm, I'm going to be doing it in reverse. Um, I'm going to be sort of just going off um, on like a riff, as they call it, about uh, one of the big topics of solo travel, and it's about loneliness. And, you know, I'm going to then kind of turn this into a, a blog. So doing this in the reverse, uh, first for me, as we're doing my 36th episode. So um, yeah, let's see how this how this goes. But I do have quite a few things to say about solo travel in general because I did travel for about one year straight um, through Mexico and I, a month in Guatemala. So I, I do have a lot to say about solo travel in general. So I'm optimistic about re- uh, recording this podcast without having a blog written to kind of use as talking points. But like I mentioned, this podcast is all about one of the big questions around solo travel. So I think maybe the big three that I see time and time and time and time again are one is safety. Is it safe to to travel solo? Um, Another one is this one. And it's, am I going to be lonely while traveling solo? And, you know, the answer is maybe, probably, you might. But like one step further is that you feel lonely somewhat regularly in your daily life. Um, It's a normal human emotion. You know, you can feel lonely in a crowd. You can feel lonely in a room with a thousand people. You can feel lonely in a relationship you know, just because you're in a relationship, if you're if it's not someone you're truly connected to, and you're just in a relationship for the sake of being in a relationship, you can feel lonely with that person. And the same like with a group, like, if you're in a 
if you're in a room, like maybe a huge work conference with a thousand strangers, you're going to feel lonely in a room with a thousand people. You know, it just, it is what it is. Loneliness is, is like the lack of connection. I think really more so than to be physically by yourself. So um, will you feel lonely as a solo traveler? Yeah, probably once in a while, you know, but when you're traveling, you know, the, the, everything's new, you know, everything's new. You've never seen anything before. You've never smelled those smells. You've never looked at those particular trees, you know, everything's new and your thoughts and your feelings and your emotions just change so rapidly from second to second, almost, you know, at some times that will happen. But that was, you know, a huge lesson for me because I used to be kind of thinking, you know, if you'd have a thought or a feeling or an emotion would come up for you and you just kind of like can go down that spiral of like, this is going to last forever, but it's not, you know, your, your, your emotions change very, very, very frequently. Your thoughts come and go. I've seen things that something like you have 6,000 thoughts a day. Um, I'm not sure on the number, but it's thousands and thousands of thoughts per day. You know, they're going to come and go, you know, and for me through traveling, I realized they come and go really, really fast. When I was in a new city, you know, maybe if I went to like three new cities in a week, you know, where everything is literally new every second, your thoughts come and go. You know, what I thought about 22 seconds ago, I have a new thought because a new thing just popped into my head because I have constant new stimulus. So will you feel lonely? Probably. You'll probably feel a lot of things. Loneliness is just one of them. And I think the common um, misconception is that you're just going to feel it and just kind of be stuck in it. Like if you feel lonely at one second, you are going to just continue feeling lonely, you know, for an extended period of time or for, you know, longer than you want to feel it. And I think if you just like let yourself feel the feeling and, you know, like process the whole part of the feeling cycle and come out the other side, you'll be feeling a new feeling in no time. After a year of solo travel, I can pretty much assure you, uh, I can kind of assure you of that. Now, whether or not you're going to like solo traveling, I'll never, you know, you have to do it to know whether you're going to like it or not. But are you going to feel lonely from time to time? Sure. You're also going to feel ecstatic from time to time. You're also going to feel powerful from time to time, confident, uh, sad. You are going to feel sad. You're going to feel homesick. You know, when you leave home, you run the risk of homesickness. <laughs> that's that's one of the, the um, side effects of leaving home. You know, homesickness is only going to come when you leave your home. You can't really feel homesick in your home. So, you know, um, normalize it. Normalize normalize loneliness, normalize feeling lonely, just be compassionate with yourself, um, accept that you're going to feel it. Uh, things like that are going to make make that feeling when it does come, um, make it so much easier. So let's talk about just the in general time of being on your own. Um, by default, like I mentioned, you know, you can feel lonely in a room with a thousand people. Just being on your own or being solitary or being alone doesn't equal loneliness. You know, loneliness for me is I define it more as the absence of connection. And, you know, again, you can feel that by yourself. You can feel that with thousands and thousands of people. Um, it's just, I think most people especially who have never solo traveled, have never spent that straight amount of time by yourself. And, you know, there's like a, a psychological, I guess it's like a defense mechanism that we do called catastrophizing. And it's how you think when you don't know an outcome, you catastrophize, meaning you make it into the worst possible outcome. And it's a survival mechanism that your brain does because, you know, your brain's function is to keep you alive. It's not really to keep you happy. You know, you have to, happiness is a choice, as you've probably heard said many, many times. And it's actually biologically true. You know, your brain just, again, like, it's all about survival. It just needs you alive. You know, that's nature just needs you alive. It doesn't need you happy and thriving and living your best life. You know, that's, that's on you. 
But um, when you're alone, you, if you've never done it, your brain is telling you it's the worst thing ever. Oh my God, don't go do it. Scary, new thing. No, like all the warnings are kind of going off because you know, your brain doesn't want you to walk into the unknown. Your brain wants to walk into safety and things that are guaranteed and sure bets and, you know, all those kind of things. And when it's something you've never done, you know, you can kind of easily start thinking the worst outcome, but maybe you're going to love it. You know, <laughs> you can kind of flip the script, you know, maybe you're going to love it. Maybe you're going to love being alone. I'm an introvert. I'll probably mention that several times. I, 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 I realize a lot of people kind of like use that label as a crutch lately. I'm seeing it more and more as a buzzword lately of people being like, well, I'm an introvert. That's why I do this. It's like introversion is the new like Zodiac sign. But I've taken that I, uh, the Myers-Briggs test. I don't know how many times I, I love an online quiz. So don't at me people, but um, <laughs> I've probably honestly taken it 50 times and I've never scored anything except INTJ. I, I know friends who've had like fluctuations in their in their scores and stuff. And I've always got the same thing. So I, I identify as a pretty textbook introvert. So I realized I I love being alone. I truly love it. Um I recharge when I'm alone. Um what I loved a lot about solo travel is that you're the I always say this, solo travel does not mean you're solo every second of every day. It means you're the solo decider of how your trip is going to go. You know, you're the solo, you're the judge and jury. Um, you make all the decisions. And if you want to be solo all the time, you can. If you want to be free to have no plans and to be on no one else's schedule and to, you know, go where the wind takes you. And if that means meeting people and going on little adventures like that, you know, you're the only one who makes that decision. You're allowed, you're encouraged, you know, the world is your oyster. So that's what I really found that, well, one, it wasn't that hard to be alone. Um, it was actually amazing. And I wouldn't have really known that um, until I did it because I think the world in general, you know, kind of favors outgoing extroverted personalities you know people are uncomfortable with long periods of of silence and stuff like that and you know i think we're kind of told that if we're not extroverted and outgoing you know it's a negative trait whereas like for me to be alone like that i didn't have any of that social pressure to be extroverted you know i i didn't have any pressure really again i was just like the sole decider of my fate and it was great. I got to just be an introvert. And while I'm definitely an introvert, I'm also definitely like have extroverted moments. So in those moments, I could seek out people to connect with. And in those moments when I wanted to be alone, I could have that, that freedom as well. So that's, uh, I mean, it's just going to keep coming back to this. Will you feel lonely as a solo traveler? Probably. <laughs> but there are some benefits that you've probably also, you're also probably not considering if you're just focused on the, will I be lonely? Will I'm going to be lonely? I'm going to be lonely. I'm going to be lonely. I, and that's the worst thing. Lonely's the worst. Lonely's the worst. You know, like, again, you're going to, literally you're going to pass by a tree walking by a park and that tree is going to capture your attention for like 20 minutes. Like <laughs> you're going to find tacos on the street in Mexico that are going to make, want to make you like cry with joy. Like your feelings of loneliness, you're going to transcend them faster than in your normal like day-to-day -day life because you're just going to have so many new stimulus. So Let's take a quick break and we're going to come back and we're going to talk about like reasons people think they're going to be lonely during solo travel um, and just hear more about why it's honestly not the worst thing. You know, feeling a, an actual normal human emotion, whatever that feeling may be, 
if you just feel it and, and pass through it, no emotion or no feeling is really that terrible because a new one is just right around the corner. So let's take a very quick break and come right back. Welcome back. So let's talk about reasons that people think, you know, they're going to be lonely during solo travel. And the first one is, well, you've never done it. So you really don't know what you're going to feel. And again, you know, catastrophizing, your brain is telling, going to tell you you're going to, it's going to be the worst possible thing ever because it's, if you don't do it, you're guaranteed to be safe. You know, it's the same reason people don't, let's say, like jump out of an airplane is because your, your brain, your rational mind is like, hey, why would you do that? <laughs> um, you don't know if you're even going to like it. And also you might die, you know, but like in reality, you know, maybe like one person a year dies skydiving, you know, whereas hundreds of thousands of people die every year driving but we don't really think twice about driving because you've done it so many times. It's so familiar. And, you know, in some part of your brain, you do know that like there's potential for danger, but it's a necessary evil to, to living life. Most places in the U S and you've just done it so many times. It's so familiar. So, you know, your, your rational mind somehow lets, you know, lets you go driving around town. Whereas, when you introduce a completely new thing that you can't anticipate how it will turn out or most likely how it will turn out, you know, you, you catastrophize it. You make it into the worst thing it could possibly be. And since loneliness is culturally associated as such a negative emotion, you know, it's the one, it's the one that you associate with solo travel that kind of prevents a lot of people from doing it. So, you're repeating essentially kind of the same the same story to yourself over and over again of this is how it's going to be and I'm not going to like this feeling and you know but again you just simply don't know you know you, you've attached an outcome to something that you don't know the outcome that you wouldn't know what the outcome would be until you do it so I think I've thought about this a lot and I, I had kind of an epiphany a little bit about um, why people, you know, think so negatively of, not negatively of solo travel, but think they can't do it. And I thought back to childhood and as a punishment to being a bad little kid, you know, you, I don't know if they still do this nowadays. Maybe I'm like dating myself, but you know, you'd go sit in a corner by yourself alone. Um, it was the punishment, you know, it was cutting you off from the group. Um, there was, it was, you know, it wasn't something that happened to good kids. You know, when you did good things, you were embraced by the group. And when you did bad things, you were shunned by the group. And I think a lot of that stuff is, is really more buried in, in our unconscious mind than, than maybe, you know, than we, than we really think about or, or realized. But we associate being alone with being unhappy. And that's not really the case. Um, I have a, an episode that I did about eating alone, which I, again, I love doing that too. But it's a, it's another huge barrier, I think, for people with solo travel is I can't eat alone, you know. But it's one of those things where, so like we live in an age where there's Uber Eats, there's delivery, you know. If you're really this sad person, you're not going out to eat alone. You're going to get delivery and you're going to be in your house and be sad you know, someone who's going out to eat alone, for example, or traveling alone or doing anything alone, they're not really, they don't have the same opinion of being alone as maybe you're having, where you see like a woman eating at a restaurant alone and be like, oh my God, look at that sad woman. Like she doesn't see herself that way. Like that's you, you know? So I think a big part of, of um, this topic of loneliness during solo travel and loneliness is such a negative emotion being alone as, as a horrible punishment is like changing your own thought. You know, don't let it be like alone is my punishment. Like alone is my reward. Um, <laughs> like a quiet moment is a gift, you know? Um, 
being the sole decider of your fate, even if it's just for like a day in the short term, that's, that's empowering. You know, there's, I didn't feel punished for a single second. And I traveled by myself for about a year straight. I honestly, I promise you, I didn't feel like I never felt sad. But so if anyone saw me and was like, look at that sad chick, like that's them, you know, that really wasn't any reflection of how I actually felt. But truthfully, I don't think anyone really ever thought that most of the, so like, honestly, if it's, if you're solo traveling, I always say it's harder not to meet people than it is to meet people. But just as a, for example, like everyone will want to come talk to you if you're alone. I mean, if you're with your headphones on and your nose is buried in a book and you're sitting in a dark corner table, you know, probably no one's going to go talk to you. But if you're like, you know, sitting outside at an outdoor table in the sun or sitting at a bar, um, chances are like whoever's there is going to talk to you. And I think people seeing someone alone, you know, is very intriguing. Not to mention that anywhere you travel, you're probably like an exotic person. Um, exotic, not necessarily meaning like a long haired, you know, Hawaiian girl exotic, like not in that stereotypical way, but you're the outlier in that in that land, so to speak, in that country. So you become very exotic by default. You actually become super intriguing because everyone thinks, you know, solo travels only for a certain kind of person. And how is this girl doing it? She's probably so brave. And what's her story? You know, there's a lot more curiosity than pity. Um, and you probably have mostly thought it too. You just don't realize it. But there's no way you just see a person by themselves. And well, first of all, you're probably not really thinking too much about that person anyway. But your default thought probably has been more along the lines of, of curiosity than pity. You just don't really realize. But start paying attention maybe to when you see someone out alone by yourself. And, and are you really like, oh, how horrible? Or is it like, hey, what are they doing out by themselves? Like, that's interesting. What's their story? I think it's, I would speculate that it's a little more of the latter. So another thing, another reason people think solo travel is super lonely is that they've never really met people in their regular life, so to speak. So the thought of having to do it in a forced situation, um, so forced meaning like you're on a solo trip and you're like not in any mood to be alone that day. You just want human connection. And, you know, but in your quote unquote regular life, you've just, you've never like actively sought to meet people. So you think you're not going to be good at it. Like maybe you're very shy. Um, maybe you just, are, again, like super label yourself as an introvert. And, you know, you just put that thought in your mind, like, I don't meet people. I'm an introvert. You know, but again, it's much easier. To, it's harder to not meet people when you're traveling alone than it is to meet people. Um, some easy ways to meet people if the whole just striking up a conversation with a stranger uh, is hard is through online networking. Um, Facebook is really great in most countries for meeting people. Um, you can just go to Facebook and whatever city you're in, you know, put the city name and like expat groups, like E-X-P-A-T, which means expatriate. So it's people who have immigrated to that country and chosen to live in that country. You're going to get people from all over the world. A lot of people from the U.S., um, there's also meetup.com, depending on the country you're in, that may or may not be a thing. Um, beyond that, you could hit up your own social networks. So put out some kind of post on wherever you post. Um, I'm in this city. Does anyone know anyone in the city? And like friends of friends and cousins of friends and, you know, people are going to connect you to other people. So that's another easy way if in real life is too difficult. Uh, for people who in real life is not too difficult, you can, I say sit at a bar. I'm not even really a big drinker, but just the physical 
layout of a bar. You know, you're not across from people. So it doesn't feel like an interview. It's very casual. Your body language is a lot more casual. You're more likely for someone just to strike up a conversation with you. Um, frequent the same place repeatedly. Um, I Let's say if I was in a new city, I'd probably just pick one coffee shop and go to that one at least start my day in that one because then you like start kind of getting to know the employees a little you know people locals are game changers for trips you always want to have a local you can ask a question to and just you'll also just keep seeing the same faces of other people especially with caf the cafe example you know with a lot of people working remotely and doing the digital nomad thing nowadays you know you'll see the same people working in the in the cafes every day. I've met people just by going to the same cafe and it happened a lot more naturally than just like a hi stranger. How are you? Um, but yeah, you could also even also do that. It's, it's less awkward than you think, you know, to just be like, I love your shirt. I love your hair. Have you ever been here before? Do you know, like any good, can you recommend any of your favorite restaurants right around here? Um, where did you get that book bag? Uh, how long have you been living here? Uh, like there's a million small talk examples, but it's about, again, changing your mindset of thinking like, well, that's, I shouldn't ask that. That's a weird question. I'm going to look weird. Like 99% of people are just going to answer your question. And then you can, you know, some people aren't going to really want to talk to you and you'll know their answer will be short. They won't have a follow-up question. Um, you know, you'll know it's, it's people make it pretty obvious. And the last way is also like, I think the best way, especially cause you're traveling and that's on group tours and Airbnb experiences because you're just probably like, of course, some locals will be doing tours like with their friends or their family visiting and stuff like that. But like nine times out of 10, every other person on the tour is going to be another traveler you're likely going to meet maybe some other solo traveler and maybe you guys link up for a time. But also I found that like people traveling in a couple or as like a friend travel group, they want to meet new people too. I mean, especially if it's like just two friends or a couple, like they would love a distraction of a third person. Like they're almost <laughs> more inclined to want to like hang out with you than a solo traveler. But of course most solo travelers will too. So I hope you're like, you're starting to see a pattern and <laughs> it's that like every single thing you've ever heard or probably every thought you've ever had about solo travel loneliness is, is an easily debunked myth if you've solo traveled like even just one time. So though, another thing I, I want to bring up, another reason why I think people think solo travel is super lonely is that you're asking advice from the wrong people. Um, so I live and have extensively traveled in Mexico. And if you just asked a bunch of random people like about Mexico, they're going to give you the standard stock answer of Mexico's unsafe. You'll get killed in Mexico. This and this. Yes. Bad things happen in Mexico. They happen in every city, country, state, county in the world. But like who, I don't know why people feel very empowered to have opinions of things that they don't really know. But if you've never even been here, you know, why don't you just say, I don't know anything about Mexico. <laughs> I've never been. I've seen the same news you've seen, but I can't, I have no clue. So like, if I would have just been held back by that, by like the traditional thinking and the mainstream media's portrayal of Mexico and the well, I'm going to call it bad advice, the bad advice, you know, random strangers and coworkers and even well-meaning family and friends, you know, if I just relied on their advice, I'd never be in a country I ended up moving to that I love so much. So the same thing, you know, applies to solo travel. Don't seek out advice from people who have never solo traveled before because they're not going to give you the best advice. And again, maybe they're well-meaning and they're trying to keep you safe and that's fine. But ask people who have solo traveled, you know, I've been networking with the solo travel community for about maybe nine months, a year now. And all of, all of those women will tell you to go, that it changed their life. 
that it taught them how strong they are, that it gave them a confidence they never had, that they never knew all the things they were capable of. You know, it's not going to be like, oh, it's super sad. You're going to be so lonely. Like, that's the kind of advice you're going to get from people who have never done it again because they're doing the same thing you're probably doing in your head, which is turning it into the worst possible thing ever because new things are scary and they're unsafe. So I hope that cleared up a lot of reasons, quote unquote reasons, um, why people think solo travel is, is going to be super lonely and that they shouldn't do it. So now I just want to like even dive a little deeper into to some of those topics that we just kind of brushed over and also some tips, some even further tips of avoiding loneliness as a solo traveler, getting past the introverted label and really kind of setting up a support system for yourself and um, sort of setting yourself up for success as a solo traveler to not get caught down a, sp a, a downward spiral um, of loneliness. So we're going to take a break and be right back. Diving a little bit deeper into everything kind of we just went over sort of quickly. Um, one of the big things with solo travel is this thing, another mental block about people thinking it's only for those who are quote unquote brave. And I have really come to kind of hate when anyone's like, oh, you're brave for solo traveling. And, you know, I'm not. I've simply made the, the choice to go somewhere alone. It's not brave. It's a choice. And, you know, I have to kind of bite my tongue because I just want to be like, you know, I don't know. I'm starting to see it in terms of through like feminist eyes of like, oh, because I'm a woman, you know, and my whole life society has been shoving down my throat that like I'm incapable of doing anything without a man, you know, and for me to go do that is, is just brave. And it's, it, I, I don't know, I take some issue with that on, on certain levels, but I do believe they're being complimentary. Um, <laughs> to me, it's a little condescending, but maybe that's a, maybe that's a side note, but you know, I think we've, we sort of, so first we're like, I'm going to take a solo trip and then you get in your mind, but I'm going to be lonely, you know, but then it's okay. Well, how am I going to combat this loneliness? And like bravery sort of becomes an out. Um, you know, people are like, Oh, only people who are brave can solo travel. And, you know, so if I'm brave, we're, we've, we've agreed that I've traveled alone. So I'm quote unquote brave, you know, but I still felt lonely. I've still felt loneliness at times. You know, you're not immune from feeling the feeling of loneliness just because you're brave or because you've decided to solo travel. Um, so right off the bat, you know, it's solo travels for people who travel solo. It's for anyone who goes on a trip on their own. You know, there's people who are super brave who do it. There's people who are like going through something in their life and are not brave, but they do it. You know, it's, it can be for anybody, but I think like, as far as loneliness, you know, these labels, introvert or brave, these labels can kind of end up hurting more than they help. So personally, my personal story, Again, I mentioned I, I traveled about one year by myself, and I did feel lonely at times. But so, what do you do? What do you do when that happens? Um, I think there's a lot of strategies for how to avoid loneliness um, while you're traveling solo. And the biggest way is to choose not to to feel it. <laughs> um, and we do this, you know, you, we have this skill. Everyone has this skill to like choose a new emotion to feel or a new thought to think. So let's say you're, you know, in, let's see, what's like an awkward situation. You're at a job interview and the job interviewer, you know, says, so like, say your name is 
Charlotte and they mess up and they're like, oh, Christine. And you're like kind of filled with a bit of rage (laughs) and, you know, but you make yourself not feel it because you're in a job interview and you need a job and you're going to laugh it, laugh it off. Oh no, my name's Charlotte. You know, you're going to laugh it off. You're going to choose to feel a new emotion because it just doesn't sit right with the situation to feel rage for like that person who, how did they mess up? They have your resume in front of them and your name is giant on the top and they still got it wrong. Like, so how to avoid loneliness as a solo traveler? You choose to, honestly. Um, it's a choice. It was a choice. It's a choice you make every day. You know, every day I had to be like, all right, today I'm not going to feel super lonely. And there are days when you just don't feel lonely. You know, and again, like human emotions just come and go. Thoughts come and go. It's a, the lesson is not dwelling, really. So how do you choose? Because I think people are going to think that's easier said than done. And, you know, once you've done it a million times, it's easier, honestly, done than explained. (laughs) So I can do it easier than explain it. And, you know, you, you get a lot of pushback sometimes with like when your answer is just do it because, you know, your brain is still going to find excuses of why not to do it. So choosing to not feel lonely as a solo traveler. So as soon as the thought comes in, as soon as the thought enters your mind, like I'm lonely, I'm feeling lonely, ask yourself another question. Ask yourself, what are all the ways I'm not lonely? And your brain is gonna find, your brain is like Google. Your brain will find that answer. Anything you Google nowadays, you're gonna get results for. Your brain works the same way. Your brain's going to find ways that you're not lonely. Oh, like, oh, I chatted with that person last night. Um, Oh, this person told me, like, my dress is pretty. Um, Like, maybe I have a crush on the barista at that cafe. You know, like, oh, like, I chatted with, like, the nicest, like, little old lady in the park. You know, you're going to find ways, recent examples of, like, times you just connected with people. But if you're like, I'm feeling lonely, your brain is just going to like, your brain's just like Google. Your brain is now going to find all the ways you're lonely. So right off the bat, as soon as the the situation starts, as soon as the emotion comes, the thought comes, Google a new thing. You're going to get results. Beyond your own choices, your own thinking, conscious thinking, which I think is 80% of the battle, physically get up you're somewhere maybe you're in your airbnb you're feeling lonely get up go outside (laughs) you're probably going to feel something else um simply because you have just so much new stimuli around you um again i've been entertained by a tree for 20 minutes you know (laughs) like i've never seen a tree like this i wonder where does this tree come from is this tree native to this part of mexico like how come this is the only tree I've seen that looks like this? You know, I start looking around. Yeah, literally, this is the only tree that looks like this. Um, I wonder, like, if anyone else is as obsessed with this tree as I am. Let me try and take a picture of this tree. Oh, this tree's really big. I have to, like, figure out a new angle to take a picture of this tree. I want to get this whole tree in a frame. You know, <laughs> and imagine that times thousands and thousands because when everything's new around you, it's not just the tree. You know, simply just putting yourself in a new situation where there's new stimulus, you're going to start thinking new thoughts. And if you're out in the world, your thoughts are, your new thought is not going to be a worse, quote unquote, worse thought than than the thought of loneliness. So another thing is to actually connect with people. Um, You know, an easy way when you're solo traveling is to stay in a hostel. I personally did not stay in hostels. I've only stayed in two in my life. I'm not a hostel traveler. But for Airbnbs, you can stay, you can do like a room share. You know, a lot of people will rent out rooms in their homes. And that's not to say that the person is going to want to be your BFF, but you're going to have like a local around 
you know, who kind of is taking on the responsibility of, of being somewhat helpful to their, their guests, you know, it's pretty personal to stay in, in a person's home. So by default, they're kind of just like, if something happens to you, you know, you do kind of have another human there, but really having the advice of a local is great. Like you can be like, Oh, like, where's like a really good place to go be social. And maybe you could go to that place. But with the hostel, you know, hostels are definitely the easiest for meeting people. So staying in a hostel is, is a really great way to have easy access. There's definitely a built-in component of, of a social mixer kind of environment of a hostel. But, you know, again, like go somewhere, go somewhere in the city you wanted to go. Um, so with attractions and the big sites in, in cities, people like mostly it's going to be people traveling, going to them, you know, think of your city, wherever you live and like the big attractions and like, yeah, they're super cool. And they're right down the street. But like, how often do you go to them? You know, it's mostly for people from out of town uh, who are traveling. So go to something like that. And it doesn't have to be the hugest site. It could even be something that's free that day. And chances are most people there are going to be other travelers. Um, I've kind of also struck up very, what to me felt like natural conversations with people, especially other women. Like if you see someone taking a selfie, offer to take a picture for them. And then chances are, you know, let's just even say she, for the example, she's going to return the favor. And then you have actually one picture of yourself solo traveling that you're in. And, you know, that's an easy segue into a conversation. Or if you see like another person who's alone at that place, like, oh, are you traveling alone? Like, that's a pretty normal question. Uh, that's not even like, you know, that's an easy segue, I think, to to someone, you know, just striking up a conversation in a place where it's mostly going to be other travelers and visitors just like you who are probably looking to connect just like you. So, you know, it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be, you don't have to catastrophize it. You know, it doesn't have to be the worst case scenario that you're combating. Think of it casually. Like in your day-to-day -day life, you probably meet people casually. You just like are busy living your life. Like say you're in the grocery store and you get in the line and then there's the line, you know, next to you and you're doing that debate in your head of like, do I leave this line and go to that line? That line looks like it's going faster. Nope. But if I leave that line, if I leave my line and get in the other line, the other line's going to go slower, you know? <laughs> so like, you know, you stay in the line and you're watching the other line move and the person behind you is like, yeah, I always pick the wrong line, you know? Like you casually meet people like that all the time. It's just that you in a grocery store, probably after work on the way home, you just want to like go home and cook food and take a shower and watch Netflix. You know, you, you have somewhere to go, somewhere to be, but you've casually met someone. You're just not going to keep pursuing it because you're living your life. But when you're traveling and you have all the free time in the world, you know, you can pursue those casual kind of the, the, the chit chat, you know, the small talk, you can pursue that one step further. So, you know, take the pressure off yourself. Um, if you don't want to feel lonely, if you're feeling lonely and it's not the feeling you want to be feeling, get up, go meet people, um, change your environment, change your thoughts. You know, there's there's tons and tons of ways, and those are just ways that work for me. But again, the more you do it, the easier it becomes. You know, I think I think uh, you just some people might just think like. Oh, you just, you know, you're the brave thing. You're just brave and that's how you can solo travel. It's like, no, I'm confident. I'm a confident solo traveler because I've done it so much. You know, think about like anything, tying your shoes. You're pretty confident at tying your shoes because of how many times you've been tied your shoes. You know, I've traveled solo so much that like I'm pretty confident as a solo traveler. You know, I have moments where I'm not just like sometimes when you tie your shoe, you mess up. But, you know, you don't care because you're like, oh, whatever. Of course, I mess up sometimes. I do this a million times. Of course, I'm going to mess up sometimes. So that's really, you know, that's been a big game changer for me. You know, I'm good at solo traveling. I'm confident with solo traveling because I've done it so much. I can offer these tips because I've done it so much. But, you know, this could be you one day. 
after a few solo trips. After you've solo traveled once, you're officially like one step ahead of other people. And oftentimes an expert is only someone who's like one step ahead or more, hopefully more, but it could just be one. So now you have a couple tips from from someone who solo traveled for a while about combating loneliness. But a, a, I guess it's gonna kind of be like a last strategy that I can offer. And it's have a support system in place. And this is as easy as setting up a, like a chat group, making a group text message on your phone with like your three best friends or whatever your number is, your 22 best friends, your one best friend. It doesn't really matter. But, you know, just being like, I'm making this group or I'm just making a chat with you, or I just want to know if this is okay by you, but I'm doing this solo trip and I've never done it. I'm a little nervous. I'm terrified of feeling lonely specifically. And I just like want to have like access to you a little more than normal. You know, like if I text you, I just want you to know that I'm not like, I'm not, I'm maybe not doing great in that moment. And I just need you to kind of like make yourself a little bit available. Uh, this is why it's good if there's a couple people in the group because someone, you know, you have more chances of someone being available. But if you have like one like person that's your rock, then that's that works too. But just giving people a heads up, like, you know, I'm doing this thing for the first time and I'm not feeling confident. And, you know, I, I just need you to be there a little extra for me. People will do it. They will love to do it. Or set up a regular time where you're going to call your best friend or your mom or whoever your person is in the world. Um, be like, can we, what is like your best hour where you're not busy at all? What is your most free 30 minutes in the day? And figure out what that's going to be, you know, if you're changing time zones while you're traveling. And make it a point to be like, I don't know if I'm always going to need it, but can we just like put this on the schedule for you for the days that I'm traveling, like, if I need to talk to you, I'll call you during these times. So you're never more than 24 hours away, let's say, at worst case scenario, probably many less hours from, you know, being able to check in with with someone who's like your person. So don't be afraid to to have like a support system in place or like a plan B for yourself already set up, you know, go through the motions. When I feel lonely, I'm going to do this. This is what works for me in my day-to-day life, and I'm going to just do it. So for like someone say, like, I'm feeling lonely. I only feel lonely indoors. I know it. I know that about myself. So when I feel lonely, this is the plan. I'm going to put on this dress. I'm going to do my hair like this, and I'm going to walk outside, and I'm going to find the nearest bench under a tree, and I'm going to sit on the tree. You know, like kind of go through the whole scenario in your head, So then as soon as the situation comes, you can just, you don't have to think about it. You're not like, what do I wear? You you put on the thing you've already decided in your mind and you go outside and you find a bench. You know, your your brain shifts into like, no, I must find a bench. So like you're already out of the headspace of loneliness. And those are, those are like kind of my tips. (laughs) That was a lot of tips, I think, for combating loneliness as a solo traveler. But I think in the end, it really just comes down to like a few things. And one, you will most likely feel lonely at some time, but you will also most likely feel countless other amazing and positive feelings that you're not imagining because you've never traveled solo. So you've never imagined that you would be feeling that like I didn't imagine the level of personal empowerment and growth I would get from solo travel. I had to do it. I had to do it to find that out. And again, that's not to say you're going to like solo travel. If you've never done it, you might hate it. But, you know, there's literally only one way to find out or to just trust, you know, hearsay from other people. So another thing is, you know, it's definitely about not being afraid. Don't be afraid of feeling lonely. Don't punish yourself if you feel lonely. It's a normal human emotion. You're going to have countless maybe not countless, you're going to have thousands other, thousands of others that day alone. You know, you just feel it. You're not punished. You're not being punished. Being alone is not a punishment. It was a choice. And, you know, the next, the next feeling is going to come. 
and be open to the fact that you might love being alone. You know, again, with the catastrophizing, we go into this like alone is a punishment. If I'm alone, I'm bad. Uh, alone is the worst. When I was a kid, I was punished um, by being alone. You know, look at it through on the other side of the coin. You know, they say opposites are two sides of the same coin. So the opposite side of the coin is that it's amazing to be alone. It's great. You don't have any pressure. You're not like, you know, you don't have to be like the entertaining one in the group or you don't have to be the talkative one. You don't have to, you know, break up the silence with like something witty that you say, you know, you're just, you're just in your bubble and it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. So the last thing is that remember this solo travel does not mean being solo at all times it means you are the solo person in charge and that's of your thoughts and your feelings and that's of whether or not you elect to spend time with people or not and that's of whether or not you entertain the feeling of loneliness and you let it consume you or not so I hope all that was helpful. Um, yeah, I don't think you're going to meet anyone. Maybe you will. <laughs> I, I think not. You, you don't, you're really just not going to meet anyone that's going to tell you solo travel was anything other than empowering and life-changing and amazing. Um, but yeah, if you happen to know anyone who's done it, seek them out don't seek out the random person don't seek out your mom just because she's your mom if she can't offer like a valuable tip on this topic then she's the wrong person to ask you know but maybe you know someone who has and you can ask them for even more tips and tricks about combating loneliness so until next time i hope to chat with you again next week on the dream to destination podcast where we talk about solo travel mexico travel and solo travel in mexico so until then it was great it was great chatting and until then until next week nos vemos chicas that means see you soon bye-bye Thanks again for tuning into this week's episode of the Dream to Destination podcast. I hope you continue tuning in as I release new episodes each Monday. If you prefer to be notified when they come out, just head to your podcast provider of choice and hit that subscribe button. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, please also consider leaving a written review and a star rating. These two things help push us up in the algorithm so that other travelers can find us. Speaking of other travelers, if you know anyone who would love this podcast, please also share it with them. And then let's all be friends over on the socials. I'm on Insta, Facebook, and Pinterest at Travel Mexico Solo and on Twitter at Travel Mex Solo. Thanks again for tuning in and I really hope this will not be our last conversation.